Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast, where we explore how we can better understand our thoughts, feelings and actions, change our results and feel less alone as we navigate that crazy thing called life. My name is Emily Chabourne and I am a mindset coach and I recorded this episode live in my free Facebook group, That Crazy Thing Called Life. If you're not a member yet, head to the show notes to join this epic community of over 3,000 people and you'll be able to join me live next week as I record the next episode of Unashamedly Human, the podcast. Dear Em, any tips for a massive perfectionist? My self-talk is pretty awful too. My friends point it out all the time and it's come up in a work review recently. I've just started seeing this guy and I'm worried my perfectionist ways will put him off. So thank you so much for your question. Perfectionism I find really interesting. A mentor of mine once said, "Um, if you aim for the standard of perfectionism, what you're basically saying is you don't have any standards at all. So you've convinced yourself that you've got this like ridiculously high standard of perfectionism. But the truth of the matter is perfectionism is unattainable. So you're setting yourself a standard that is not obtainable. So technically you are giving yourself a life without a standard. And it really, I'd never heard of it like that before. It really kind of like took the wind out of me and I sat with it and I was like, but surely perfectionism means you've got these really, really high standards. But Actually, no, it means that you've got no standards because you've given yourself a standard that you're never going to reach. So I thought that was really interesting and I still don't know where I sit with it. I still don't know whether I buy into that, but I do know that whenever I don't accomplish something, when I don't publish a piece of work, when I sit on something, whether it be an idea or a video or a podcast episode or a chapter of my book when I sit on it and I overwork it and I worry about it it never comes to light it never ends up at execution it never gets seen it never gets heard it never gets consumed it never gets enjoyed it's never of service it's just this thing that I almost use to beat myself up with it stops being a tool to help other people and it just begins to be this like whip that I just whip my own back with And the more I do that, the less I can be in service. And it doesn't get me anywhere. It doesn't get me anywhere. It doesn't get anyone else anywhere. So maybe she was right, this mentor of mine. Maybe perfectionism is standardless. What I want to do today is actually take you through five things to help you shift through this pattern that you have found yourself in. But I just want to spiel on a little bit about perfectionism first because I know so many people... I was going to say suffer with it, but that's the wrong language, isn't it? A lot of people use perfectionism as a strategy to try and stay safe. And so it's definitely worth talking about. If, like me, you love reading cool stuff, listening to interesting interviews and hearing funny, quirky stories that feel really relatable, then sign up for my famous Friday emails. They're jam-packed with awesomeness. And if you sign up and you're not into it, you can always unsubscribe. Link in the show notes. And I look forward to being in your inbox on Friday. You don't come out of the womb like a perfectionist. This is all stuff that you learn when you get here. Understanding that your perfectionist strategy isn't something that you have just been labored with. It is something that you yourself have developed. You yourself have created. Probably not consciously at all, but it is a mechanism or a strategy, if you like, that is getting you a certain result in life. And it's probably protection. 
uh, Brene Brown calls perfectionism the 20-ton shield. You just carry around this 20-ton shield that is perfectionism. And, and you think that if you can be perfect, you will save yourself from um, critique. You will save yourself from vulnerability. You will save yourself from failure. But it's not true because all perfectionism does is block you from learning. It blocks you from the vulnerability that you need in order to grow and in order to learn and in order to continue connecting through love and connection, which is ultimately the goal. And so often these strategies that we develop are to protect us from hurt or to protect us from pain or to protect us from rejection. They actually end up blocking us from connection and blocking us from the love that it is that we want to feel because we're so busy trying to protect ourselves. We don't realize that the shield we're holding in front of us to protect ourselves is also stopping us from connecting deeply. It's also stopping us from creating expansively. It's stopping us from really living fully. And so we continue to stay in the shell and then we begin to perpetuate that behavior over and over again until it just becomes habitual. It becomes who we are. Well, I can't help it, I'm a perfectionist. You can help it. It might be really entrenched, but you can change that strategy. It might take time and it might take commitment, but you can change it. It's not who you are. You are not your perfectionism. It is a strategy that you have learned in order to keep yourself safe. So understanding that this is just a technique, if you like, that you have developed as opposed to something that you are, I want to talk you through five things that can help you in your dilemma um, about what to do with your perfectionist strategy in this new relationship. So the first thing is conscious awareness. The fact that you have conscious awareness of your perfectionism is half the battle. It's when we don't have conscious awareness of the strategies that we deploy that it gets a bit dangerous because you, you begin to assume that how you are is just set in stone you don't realize that you are self-sabotaging through perfectionism. You don't have any uh, comprehension when you are in that strategy of perfectionism. It's much harder to change when you've got no conscious awareness of something. It's almost impossible to change something that you're not aware of. And so the fact that you have got solid um, consciousness around this strategy is a massive, massive step. Like take that as a huge win. You know when you're being a perfectionist, you can probably feel yourself being a perfectionist and I'm assuming that you can feel that because you mentioned your self-talk and how shitty that is as well. So quite often when we hit perfectionism, the talk or the dialogue inside our mind is something along the lines of, you're a fucking idiot, this isn't good enough, everyone's going to laugh at you, you're going to get judged for this piece of work, um, you can't hand this in, this is a pile of crap, get back in your little hole might just be like throwing off some of my own personal dialogue in there for you so understand that you are already leaps and bounds ahead you are already well on your way to um not breaking this strategy but to better understanding it so that you can choose a different strategy in its place should you want to conscious awareness is always half the battle if not more of it start bringing like conscious conscious awareness to when you are being a perfectionist and start asking yourself in my perfectionism today let's say that you sit down and journal when you get home right in my perfectionism today what did I deny myself 
What did I deny other people? What could have happened if I hadn't deployed perfectionism today? So an example of that might be you get home from work and you still haven't handed in that report that you were meant to hand in last week because you're worried that it isn't right. And you spent all weekend working on it. And it's Tuesday afternoon, you still haven't handed it in. You're still going over it with a fine tooth comb. So you would sit down and you would say, okay, how is this perfectionism affecting me, first of all? Okay, well, I lost my weekend to it. I'm getting a bad reputation at work for handing stuff in late. And it's stressing me out. It doesn't feel good to be this worried about a report that in the grand universal scheme of things is completely un insignificant. And then you will go through that process again. Well, what's it doing to other people? Well, it's holding the company back or it's holding my teammate back or it's stressing my boss out. So how it's affecting other people. And this isn't a, another reason for you to beat yourself up. You're going to witness yourself. You're kind of almost going to disassociate yourself and just observe what is happening in your perfectionist strategy. Because if we don't bring proper conscious awareness to our strategies, if we just say, oh, well, I'm I know I'm a, per a perfectionist. I know I am. Whatever. I can't do anything about it then we're just going to stay in the same cycle. We're never going to break it. It's never going to change for us. So this isn't an exercise for you to be like, look at what my perfectionism does. It's not, that's not what this is about. This is about being curious about yourself. It's witnessing yourself. It's sitting in the seat of awareness of self so that you can grow and expand and evolve and change. So how does this perfectionism affect me? How does it affect other people? And then what would be happening right now if it wasn't for this perfectionism? Well, I would have handed this report in on Friday. I would have handed the report in on Friday and I could have had a really lovely weekend with my friends. I could have been really present with my new partner. I could have gone to the gym. I could have, you know, felt lighter, felt happier. And all we're doing is we're just beginning to soften the rigidity around perfection by playing with what it would be like if you were not deploying perfectionism all the time. And again, this is a gentle exercise. This is a compassionate exercise. This isn't uh, an exercise, like I said, for you to find more evidence of the fact that you're a bit shit. This is an exercise for you to be able to go, wow, okay, I can see the full effect from the seat of witness. I can see the full effect of this strategy. So bring not just, oh God, I'm doing that thing again, awareness to it, but full, intentional, sit down with a piece of paper and study your own life, conscious awareness to it. You'll find by doing that exercise two or three times a week or whenever it really, really comes up for you and you can feel it really affecting your life, that you will begin to catch it more in the moment. You'll be like walking through work or going through a work day or on a date with your new partner or whatever. And you'll be like, oh, God, here's me doing that perfectionist thing again. Hang on a minute. What would happen if I didn't do that right now? What would happen if this was enough? What would happen if I was enough right now? How would that look? How would the rest of this date feel? What would I be given the freedom to do and experience and express? So that's the first point. Real hardcore conscious awareness to the strategy. The second is I want you to ask yourself, who taught you this strategy? Now, it not, it's, I'm not saying like someone sat you down at the age of four and went, hey, Carol, this is what we're going to do. We're going to learn about perfectionism. And I'd like you to take perfectionism as a strategy. And I'd like you to start using it repetitively until it becomes kind of who you are. That's not, what I, that's not how we get taught these things. It might have been 
an incident. It might have been a person. Your mum might be a perfectionist. You might have eldest child syndrome where you unconsciously had quite a lot of expectation put on you or you assumed expectation. It might be that you did some scrappy work at school and your teacher called you out on it and maybe humiliated you. You might not have any specific moment. You might not have a specific memory that's cool, but maybe you just know, oh God, I just know that this was just the vibe of my household when I was growing up. You know, I just, I just remember always feeling like, you know, my parents gave me lots and lots of attention when I got A stars, but you know, if I came home with a B, oh, I didn't feel as loved by them. I didn't feel as um, important to them. So just start playing around with, well, when did I learn this? And again, this is not an exercise so that you can go, it's all my parents' fault, they arseholes. That's not what this is about. This is about just understanding yourself better and understanding and being able to get some kind of like full picture, fuller picture of your perfectionism. So if you can relate to the origin of a strategy... It's much easier to be like, oh my God, I'm doing this thing that I learned when I was fucking 10. You know what? I'm like literally the thought that I'm having and the action that is coming from me as a result of that thought is the thing that I did when I was 10. Do I want to behave like a 10-year-old right now? Or do I want to behave like an adult? Do I want to step into full ownership of myself? Do I want to step into full self-parenting? And when I feel myself going into perfectionist, I can take a step back. I can just take a second, a heartbeat, a breath, and I can come back into the state of witnessing myself and go, I see what I'm doing here. And I have the choice because I'm a fully grown-ass woman. I have the choice to go, no, I'm not going to do this. I know it's not perfect, but nothing is. There is no such thing as perfect. It is an ideal that is never achievable. And what might be perfect for me will never be perfect for you because your idea of perfectionism is completely different from mine anyway. So to somebody, I'm never going to be perfect. 7.7 billion people in the world, we don't all share the same standards, the same ideas, the same expectations. We don't even share the same realities. There are as many realities on this planet right now as there are people. So perfectionism doesn't exist. So do I want to continue pretending like I am 10 years old and running my perfectionist strategy so that mummy will love me? Or do I want to do what I want to do for me, what's best for me? Now, this isn't going to happen overnight, which brings me on to my third point, time. If you have been running a perfectionist strategy to the extreme for the last however many years that you've been alive, let's say you're 35, and you've been running this strategy for 35 years, it's not going to be a case of, I listened to a podcast episode and now I never, ever have an issue with perfectionism anymore. That's not the way it works either. I'm afraid, my God, I wish it could be that simple. You will see a shift. You will begin to see the world and yourself in the world differently when you become conscious of your strategy. But this is a kind and gentle rewiring of your brain which means time. It means repetition. It means, oh God, I'm doing that perfectionist thing again. I'm not going to beat myself up because that pushes me further towards perfectionism because my feelings of not worthiness are what caused this perfectionist strategy in the first place. So I'm not going to beat myself up. I'm just going to observe myself and I'm going to go, okay, I don't do that anymore. And I might need to have that conversation with myself a thousand fucking times before one day I realize I've handed in a report of work and it's not perfect and I haven't stressed out about it. I haven't said the right thing, whatever that means, and I haven't had a meltdown on the back end of it. 
So this is a lifelong journey now of you making friends with your perfectionism so that your perfectionism doesn't have to rule your life. This isn't about eradicating it. Don't be like, right, I can never have a perfectionist thought again. Make friends with your perfectionism. Befriend it, understand it, love it, throw compassion at it. Here I am again doing that perfectionist thing. What's that saying about me right now? How am I genuinely feeling right now? Oh, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel like my boss is respecting me. I don't feel like I'm doing a good enough job. But insert whatever it is here. Be with that story. Question that story. Is that true? I could go on forever because this is what all of the work of the hub is, is understanding where your thoughts came from and then how you can question them until they no longer become your truth. And then you can choose a different truth. And then you'll vibrate in a different frequency, which means you'll attract different people, experiences, opportunities, and circumstances. It also means you'll act in a different way, which means your entire manifestation, your entire reality will shift. But for now, give this time. If you're anything like me, your first thought in the morning is often one of, oh, holy fuck. We wake up instantly feeling like we're in lack. Not enough sleep, not enough time, not enough. We scroll through social media and feel not enough. We think about our day ahead and feel underprepared, uninspired or overwhelmed. What if we're not enough? Before we're even out of bed, our mind is telling us all sorts of crazy stories. And these stories set the precedent for our day and have a huge effect on our results. Imagine if you could start your day with a different thought. Imagine waking up to a daily reminder of the greatness that lies within you. Imagine having your own personal and funny cheerleader inspiring you every single day. Imagine your first waking thought being one of abundance and purpose. Well, imagine no longer, my friend, because now you can wake up with them. Wake Up With M is a text message service for women who are ready to wake up to their power, purpose, and passion. A daily motivational message from me personally to get you smiling into your day and vibing high from the moment you wake up and all for less than the price of a couple of lattes a month. And even better, you get the first month completely for free. Because, well, you know, you might actually find it really annoying to have a daily reminder that you're amazing and capable and awesome. Head to emilychadbourne.com forward slash wake up or check out the link in the show notes below. Good morning, you're awesome. The fourth thing, self-talk. Oh God, man, my self-talk. It used to be, if I had spoken to myself, no, if I'd spoken to somebody else, how I spoke to myself, I'd have been arrested, mate. Seriously, it was so fucking bad. At the very beginning of my personal development journey, very, very beginning, someone talked to me about self-talk because my self-talk was so bad that other people could hear it. I would say it out loud. I'd call myself a fucking idiot to other people and not like in a cute, self-deprecating, jolly, funny kind of way, in a really mean, bully way. And I remember a mentor of mine sitting me down and saying, um... This has to stop because you are never going to succeed in business while you feed back to yourself like this. So you are going to have to start speaking to yourself the way that you would speak to the person that you love the most in the world. 
Now, I have four nieces and nephews, and I don't have any favourites. I love them all equally. They are amazing little people. But my eldest niece was really young at the time, and she was the first person who made me an auntie. And I remember when I went to visit her, my sister had just come home from the hospital, and I saw her for the first time. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to be a good auntie to you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to tell you how special you are. Oh, it's making me emotional. I am going to encourage you and champion you. And I do that to all of my nieces and nephews. But I just remember thinking it and kind of like telepathically telling her this the first time I told her. And when my mentor said to me, you know, you've got to start speaking to yourself the way that you would speak to the person that you love the most. Immediately... I'm not going to say her, her name, but my nickname for her is Moo, which now she's 16. She fucking hates, but I refuse to drop it. Um, how you would speak to Moo. And so that changed the way that I spoke to myself, really. Whenever I heard myself beat up on myself or tell myself I was a twat or I was fucking dickhead or no one cares about what you've got to say and this is a heap of shit and who do you think you are and all of that, I would consciously aware of it stop take a breath step back into witnessing myself and I would f make myself in that moment re-say it to myself give myself that feedback again have that conversation with myself again as if I was speaking to Moo so instead of being like well that was fucking rubbish wasn't it that podcast recording you just did was a fucking pile of crap you should just crawl under that little stone right now stop breathing instead of saying that to myself I would imagine myself saying to Moo, wow, you were brave today, you were courageous today, people are going to love that podcast episode, of course there's room to grow and of course there's room to, gr to, to learn and to do things differently next time, but you know what, you showed up today and that was amazing, I'm so impressed, I'm so proud of you. And to begin with it felt so forced because I could say that and I believe that when I say that to Moo, but do I believe it when I say it to me? To begin with, no. It still felt like I was in a play. <laughs> but over time, with repetition, and again, it's so about time and repetition. You don't just get to speak nicely to yourself once and whoop, here I am, queen of my own world, watch out Beyonce. That's not the way it works. Again, this is repetitious and compassionate and loving and, and nurturing this relationship that you have with yourself now and forever. And I still have to speak to myself the way I speak to Moo. I still catch myself and I'm like, whoa, that's not how you'd speak to Moo. And I have to take a step back and uh, apologize to myself and say, hey, Em, I'm really, really sorry. Let me say that to you again. Because how you speak to yourself has a vibrational frequency to it. And you are demonstrating to the universe how you expect to be spoken to by other people. You cannot expect other people to be in reverence of you and to speak kindly of you and to think well of you if you're absolutely beating up on yourself. You are always demonstrating to the outside world how to treat you by the way that you treat yourself, by the integrity that you hold with yourself by the trust that you build with yourself, by the way that you talk to yourself, by the work that you're willing to put into yourself. You cannot expect someone to love you more than you love you. You cannot expect someone to work harder for your life than you work for your life. 
you just can't so take this opportunity as a fresh start in the relationship that you have with yourself you will find that the more effort and the more work and the more time and the more money and the more energy that you put into the relationship with yourself the relationship with your new partner will naturally shift because we pick up on stuff you know people say well he said he'd do this he said he'd do this and I say to my clients all the time words mean fuck all what does someone do how does someone act around you how do they make you feel do they show up for you because that is the true language that somebody is communicating to you with and that's also the language that you communicate to yourself with so you will find that the more that you show respect to yourself the more respect he will have for you the more uh, boundaries that you set in place with yourself the easier it will be for him to understand and therefore feel safe in the boundaries that he has with you so this isn't necessarily about oh god what do I do about my relationship with this new guy my perfectionist strategy he or she will fall in line with what you demonstrate to yourself so this is all about working on you having said that one of the most beautiful things that we can do for our relationship is to be totally honest and to learn how to communicate really well. And so sit down with your new partner and say, hey, I have this thing, probably heard it talked about, I know a lot of people have it, that I have developed over the years a very fierce perfectionist strategy and I know that that's a defense mechanism because I am scared that I am not enough and I worry that I'm not good enough and that I won't be loved. And I have become acutely aware of this perfectionist strategy and how it is holding me back in my life. And I don't want to let that strategy rule me anymore. And then the two of you together sit down and you go, okay, well, how do we communicate about this? If you try and hide your perfectionism and change it at the same time, you're going to be a fucking red hot mess, mate. We don't talk about our shit enough. If you genuinely want a deeply connected, real relationship with this other person, and I mean deeply connected, I don't mean like, oh, who do I need to be today to make him or her fall in love with me? I mean like, this is who I am, and I am learning to love me in my entirety, and I am learning how to acknowledge myself and change myself and love myself and evolve myself for who I really am. And if you want to love me in that process, fucking rock on. I mean, that kind of love. That means real honest communication, not I'm just going to hide this bit of me because I don't want anyone to know about this bit because that's where your perfectionism came from in the fucking first place. So you are never going to shift this strategy by basically using the same strategy of I don't think I'm enough. So I need to present as this type of person so that you can love me. But now I don't love me because I feel so disconnected to who I am because I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not. I'm putting standards for myself out there that I will never reach. Move towards the massive tight butt moment of being really honest about this. Hey, I'm a recovering perfectionist. It's a thing. This is what you might see in me. This is what I'm trying to achieve. This is where I want to go. This is who I want to be. This is what I want to break down. This is what I want to learn about myself. And if he or she is in on that, fuck man, you've got to keep it. And if they're not, not your person. Because who wants to be with someone who can't handle that level of openness and integrity and, and vulnerability? Vulnerability is your greatest strength. So, you know, that would be how I would present what is going on 
openly in the relationship. And then the last thing that I want to talk about here, number five, is, you know, be a real student of your own life. So recently I've been doing a course in um, a specific Vedic meditation and I was talking about an experience that I had where I had run a test course with some students and afterwards I had, you know, spent, I think I said, you know, and then I spent my standard 10 minutes beating myself up about what I could have done and how it could have been better and what I shouldn't have said and what I should have said. And I kind of laughed it off because I'm so used to doing this thing now where I execute something, I do something, and then my feedback to myself is normally pretty grim. And I've just kind of like learnt in a weird way or become numb to that experience and to that strategy. It's just like, well, this is just what I do. I do something and I beat myself up about it and then I kind of get over it and then I try and do it again. And I hope I do it better the second time. Johnny, who's my mentor in this course, he just stopped and he was like, why on earth would you spend your energy feeding back to yourself like that why would you beat yourself up and I was like oh I don't consider it's a problem in my life necessarily or I hadn't until we had this conversation and I was kind of like oh and he was like Emily not many people call me Emily and it felt like I was about to be told off I was like what because he's a very revered meditation expert really he's a you know studied under the greats and a very very wise very clever very connected and intuitive man and he just looked at me and he went Emily start being a student of your own life and I was like okay and he went you are not a teacher none of us are teachers we don't have to show the world that we know anything we have to show the world that we are curious. We have to show the world that we are learning. We have to show the world that we want more. We want more knowledge. We want more experience. We want more evolution. We want more growth. We want more connection. And everything in that is about being a student. What can I learn about myself today? What can I learn about the experience? What can I learn about this relationship? What can I learn about me? What can I learn about... Oh, my dog's learning. So be a student of your life. The moment that you put down the need to look like the teacher at the front of the room who's got all of their shit together and knows exactly what she's doing and has all of the answers to all of the questions, the moment that you just put yourself on the carpet and sitting cross-legged and just looking at wonder and awe of the world around you and asking questions and not knowing the answer and being okay with not knowing the answer because you're not meant to know the answer. The moment that you give yourself the gift of being a student of your life again, I promise you the grip, the rigidity, the, the, the deep connection and the kind of like ownership that you and, and your perfectionist strategy have over each other will loosen. Because students aren't meant to be perfect. They're meant to be learning. And that's what life is all about. It doesn't end. There's no graduation. So I trust that that has been useful. Remember that perfectionism is a strategy that you have learnt. It is not something that you are. Bring conscious, conscious awareness to when you are in perfectionism. How does it affect you? How does it affect others? And what could you be without your perfectionism in that instance? Number two, who taught you perfectionism? Number three, time. This is now a journey, an experience that you and perfectionism are going to go on together. Self-talk is all about speaking to yourself the way that you would speak to somebody who you really, 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 really love. 
And then number five, constantly be a student of your own life. It's much more fun being a student. You don't have to go home and do the marking. All right, I trust that that has helped. I'm just going to jump into the questions. Perfectionism has definitely held me back. Yes. You know, people think that if I have a high standard, I'll be protected. But actually, what we're doing with that impossibly high standard isn't protecting ourselves. We are restricting ourselves. We are shrinking ourselves. We are denying ourselves. I joined the hub to work on this perfectionism. Thank you, M, for helping me understand why I feel like this and how I have to let down the shield. You are so welcome. I love this. Thank you. You're welcome. Big aha moment. Hooray. Good. I love it when you guys have aha moments live with me. It's so good. Thank you, Emily. This is a great podcast. I admire your courage. Oh, thank you. I live by demonstration, but courage doesn't always feel good, man. Courage is sometimes clenching those butt cheeks together and hoping you don't shit your pants in public. Oh my God, I'm going to be listening to this over and over. So many aha moments. I'm thrilled. I'm so pleased that this has been really useful for you guys. Um, would you say perfectionism and control are the same thing? I'm struggling with the need to control everything, my kids and people around me too. Yes, that's a great question. So you don't have control over anything. You sit behind the illusion of control. You don't control your children. You don't control the economy. You don't control the weather. You don't control politics. You don't control any of it. What you control is you. And how you show up in the world will have a massive impact on how your children show up in the world. How you choose to use your vote will have an impact on the politics. How you choose to spend your money will have an effect on the economy that you create for yourself. So we have great power, great manifesting power. But what we don't have is the ability to play God. And so many people get wrapped up with feeling like, if I can control everything, I will be safe. And so we begin to look and spend all of our energy externally to us trying to control our external circumstances. And then we begin to feel even less in control. And one day we wake up and we realize we never had control, we just had anxiety. Perfectionism is part of that. If I can control everything, I will feel safe, for sure. But I think in the extreme measures of control, all we do is we give ourselves the feeling of anxiety because it's like trying to hold back water with our hands we can't if we let go of the water and let the water flow we will have a much more pleasant experience and then what we do is we learn to swim we learn to move with the tide of the water we learn how to control ourselves we learn how to understand our own thoughts we ha learn how to sit in the seat of awareness with ourselves and that's a process that takes time but it's definitely worth doing. And if you're interested, really consider joining the hub because that is where you will learn how to control what you can control and how to let go of what you can't. And right now it sounds like you are trying to control a whole fucking world of stuff that you will never control. And so you're feeling anxiety, which makes you want to control even more. So I trust that that has been useful in the brief time that we had. Lots of people saying how amazing this uh, topic has been for them today. Wow, 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 I need this message. Grateful for you and bringing all the great topics to the light. Oh, you are welcome. But th this is a question. You know, you guys can ask me any any question on these podcast recordings. Just email me info at emilychadbourne.com or ask me live. 
That's it for today's episode. I trust you loved it. And remember, you can join me as I record these episodes live on Thursday mornings. All of the details are in the show notes. If you love this episode, I'd really appreciate you sharing it with a mate or on your socials. Please tag me, Emily underscore that crazy thing called life. You can also share it through Spotify. And if you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. It really helps other people find this valuable content. And as always, nothing beats a good bit of word of mouth, does it? So you let Barbara down the road know that she should have a little listen to this episode. If you're interested in joining the Unashamedly Human Hub, my global coaching community, check out the link in the show notes. See you in the next episode and keep being brave.